0: Welcome to the Circle of Birth podcast. I'm your host and advocate, Ali Kranz. These podcasts are here to gather stories, people and information to better our understanding of the wisdom of birth and how we can reclaim our connections to birth from conception and beyond. You will hear stories not only from Australia but from all over the world bringing together women, partners, midwives, doulas and all the people that have a birth story to share. So jump right in for this next Circle of Birth story. Welcome to episode 28 and I am so excited to release this show because this is all the variation in birth stories that I've been waiting for, my very first birth partner podcast and we have a father that is going to share his stories and he's also a holistic practitioner and acupuncturist to be precise really enthusiastic about women's health and he offers not only his three birth journeys which are all quite different, uh, he offers to some advice um, for women's health and families and he shares some insights into his life as a practitioner and as a father and All partners-to-be, birth partners, fathers, uh, anyone, please listen to this show, and I would love to hear more from from birth partners too, so uh, hopefully this will open the floodgates for more birth partner podcasts. I hope you enjoy it. (coughs) Hi, Alex. Welcome so much. I am super-duper, super-excited to have you on the show because you are the first father (laughs) and dad to share his birth journeys and the amazing work that you're doing in the birth um, and women's health especially. So welcome, Alex, to the show. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Yes. So I want to tell everyone how I came to meet you because I love telling this story. Um, I was 41 and a half weeks pregnant and I had a lot of anxiety, came up with a posterior baby and my midwife recommended that I come and see you. And I know I was a bit worried because I was like, well, he's a man and, you know, I don't know how I'm going to go with this masculine energy. Um, but I went for it because I wholly trusted my midwife. She said go to him um, and mainly to help with the anxiety because a lot of the anxiety came up, not just purely to turn her, um, but it was more the anxiety. And then we met and... Um, I felt really connected because you started to tell me about your birth journeys. Uh, This was even before the podcast came about or even thought of. And uh, it was quite funny sitting there in the room, you put in all the points and you did a lot of earthing points. I can't remember what you did. Mm. And and after that, you left the room and she started turning and I just started laughing and it was unbelievable when she was (coughs) born 12 hours later. We booked another appointment but it never happened. Wow. So I always tell that story because mainly it helped with the anxiety and that was the intent for it. And just to find that connection with a male energy in women's health um, that I found was very um, considerate and gentle and, yeah, I just loved it. So thank you. <laughs> oh, my pleasure.
1: I appreciate you saying, saying that. It's, um, it, it, is, it is funny as a, as a bloke working... In fertility and um, pregnancy, you know, I kind of I wonder how I wonder how that does affect uh, uh, women. But I'm I'm glad to hear it was a a ultimately a positive experience.
0: Yeah, well, you must have some female elements that you're connecting to because you you wouldn't be in this line of work for any reason. So. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I, I just remember though, on the drive home I just had the beautiful mild contractions that were starting and it was just lovely entry into it and all that anxiety left. So so I would love to hear your birth journeys, which you sort of started to tell me when we we're in the appointment. And I would love to hear from a father uh, how you went about the birth of your three children and if you'd like to share your story, that would be wonderful, Alex.
1: Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a bit of a mixed bag, Ali, with the three. and I, I'm sure that that's true of many people who have have uh, more than one child. Often, often the experiences are quite quite different. I guess there's similarities, but they're different. And um, my perspective as a, as a as a as a bloke going through this is <laughs> quite different, a little bit removed. I think from from my wife, who obviously is beginning birth the children. And I think my my kind of Overall impression from the birth of my kids, but also being involved with the birth of many other children through the clinic over the years, is just this you know, incredible respect for the for the um, uh, not just the woman's body, but also the, the, the you know the kind of the spiritual and the emotional side that goes into childbirth. It's just such an amazing thing when I when I ponder childbirth and 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 growing a child. It really is. It's a. It's a. It's a miracle in its purest sense, I think. And so to be to be involved in that as a father and as a as a, a clinician is a, is a great privilege. So I kind of I think my overall impression is just one of great awe and respect for the for the female body and and uh, and, and intellect. So that, that's that's been a real a real eye opener you know as before you have children you don't you just don't you know you know unless you're involved with it clinically then you don't I don't think you experience that that power that that, that transformation that often happens um, during the birth process so that that was that's my sort of my uh, my step back overview of <laughs> my mm-hmm. my experiences thus far.
0: So um, you were you were working in the clinic before the birth of your first child?
1: No, I wasn't actually. I yeah. was still yeah. a, I was still a student. In fact, my, our first one was born when I was I think in second year from memory. Um, so I, I, I studied Chinese medicine at RMIT in Melbourne, which is a, f- a five year program and. Um, yeah, two years in, we're having a baby, which was, and as a mature age student as well, it certainly was a challenge. But uh, so I certainly, and, and when we're doing, when we're doing, you know, when I'm working with women one on one, or if we're doing some, you know, some birth training with with some of the women through the clinic, um, I'll, I'll often say, I, I, I wish I knew then what I know now. I, I wonder whether that that first birth experience would have been uh, a lot different because it was. The, my, my memories from that first one are, are pretty challenging in lots of ways. It was it was it was it was hard physically, and it was hard emotionally um, uh, during during the birth and and in the weeks following. And uh, it sort of really, and I, and I think this happens for a lot of a lot of people. Um, you know, you kind of it's 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 challenging, and then it's challenging to go back and do it do it a second time. Given a challenging first up experience, and I think the benefit of that, in in, in kind of hindsight, is I can I can share that, particularly with women who, and their partners for that matter, who are anxious about that first experience, or perhaps have had not a very positive first one and are about to do it again. Um, and it's it's very common, and there are things that you can do to try and help help reduce anxiety and 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 try and help help women have a, a better shot at labour as well. So it's kind of a funny mix of of, of challenging experience, but also u- using that in a really – tried to use that in a very positive way um, when when we're, you know, when I'm talking with, with women and their partners, either one-on-one in the clinic or, or as in a group setting.
0: Maybe you had to have that experience too to become more of a compassionate person in the clinic especially. And they they do say that we have these births to teach us the lessons in life, so –
1: yeah, I've got a little. I've got a little doubt that's that's true. Um, but you know that that's 13 years ago. She's she's at high school, and um, I think back to that that experience. And we, were, I guess we were not underprepared, but not. We just didn't. We weren't. I wasn't. We weren't given the sort of information that that we like to you know, tell tell our patients about. You know, we'd certainly done the. we I'd been very engaged with the pregnancy. I. You know, this is. A, a, has the, the male partner been very engaged been to all the appointments, we'd done the, the birthing classes in the hospital um, but I hadn't done enough training myself to be very you know, much used from an you know, acupuncture or an acupun- acupressure perspective even, um, so when it came, uh, labour started a little bit early, a couple of weeks early um, baby was, baby was born, but it was a, a, a long, slow posterior, uh, labour and um it was it was emotionally pretty challenging and i remember and this is a story i, I tell them to um during the trains that we run for um for birth preparation um that there's a there's a point in in labor there's often described as transition for a woman and um it's not true i don't think it's true in every in every labor but certainly in many there's a there's a point where um it all it all seems too hard and i think what what happened we weren't, we weren't prepared for that. And my wife basically said, Oh, uh, and it'd already been a long, difficult process, painful process. And she basically said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, go- I'm going home. I'm packing up. I'm done. I'm not having this baby. See you later. And um, that was really, really challenging as a, as a bloke to, to kind of be confronted with something that I, I couldn't, I didn't feel as I had any, certainly any control, even influence over. And, and I remember that being really, really hard emotionally um, because I did, I, I, suddenly I had no way of supporting her. And, and that, was, that was a real challenge, and that, that sort of lived with me for quite a number of years afterwards. Um, and something that, that I'll often say to the blokes who go through or the birth partners that go through our training is, you know, you've got to, you've got to be ready for the point in labor where, you, where where the woman says, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm going home. And it happens often, often enough that you know it's worth being ready for. And if, if I'd known that, um, I think I would have been able to stand a bit firmer and, and actually been a useful birth partner at that point rather than being uh, a bit of a blubbering mess, I suspect. So that that that's the thing that sort of stands out to me as a kind of a turning point um, or a possible turning point in the labour. And I think that you know once 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 the stress response kicks in. And once you know, um, then it, it's very hard to kind of get get over that hurdle if you if you don't if you're not equipped to do so. And I certainly well, we weren't um, that first time around, and that that really really coloured the experience uh, of of uh, of, of labour and childbirth. And then you know obviously you get a bit of intervention and so on and so forth, epidural, uh, forceps delivery, and then and then challenges with a new baby who's not. Not sleeping and not feeding well, and and so on. And I and I think that you know we talk about the cascade of, of intervention, um, and and it certainly was true of my first of our first experience. And um, uh, incredibly incredibly proud of my my wife for, for for doing as well as she did. But it was certainly a challenge, a great challenge. And I think as a you know I don't know for, for the for the men listening to your podcast Ali you know you got to if you're prepared for these little hiccups that are, are, are possible if not likely then then you can stand a bit firmer and and be a better support to your woman who's going actually going through the process at the same time and always really mindful of of that when I when I say yes it was a struggle for me well it was but you know I've <laughs> got to put it in the in the context of of my wife uh Struggling physically as well with with birthing the baby, so it was certainly an interesting experience, Ali. Um, and I think you're right in the sense I I learned a lot from that and and uh, and 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 used used the lessons learned from that first birth to um, to make sure the second one was different, which it was. Um, so yeah, that that's my my first experience.
0: Could you just describe the feeling if you can reconnect with it? Of when she came out and how that felt for you, being um, going from just being Alex to dad. <laughs>
1: wow, well, that's a, that's, a, that's an amazing feeling. You know, I I, I connect with that feeling often, um, uh, and and because I, I'm often talking to women who are about you know just about to go into labour, um, and. And it's, it's important to me to express how important those early moments are for bonding with your new baby for both, both the woman and the, and, the, and the male partner as well. Um, and, and I'll often say something like, you know, the, uh, you're about to do something that, that's one of the most incredible things you'll ever do is to meet a, a brand new person for the very first time. You get, you know, and you get one, one crack at it, and it really, it almost, it all, almost always brings a tear to my eye thinking about the first, that first time you meet your own child. So, to answer your question, I, you know, I, I remember her coming out, and um, she had dark black hair and lots of it, and uh, I, I grew up with a brother, and and no, no, you know, there were really no girls in our family other than my mum, and I was expecting. For that reason, I think for it to be a boy, and when, when a girl came out with this dark hair, um, I was it was kind of a, a bit of a surprise. But wow, be, uh, just a, be, a beautiful thing to, you know, I think about this a lot. To, to meet meet somebody, a brand new somebody for the very first time. Uh, it's not much better than that, Ali. I reckon.
0: So- Still studying, and had the birth experience, which taught you a lot of lessons, and I'm sure with your studies as well. Then you guys became pregnant again.
1: Yeah, we did it. Uh, it took us five years to get up the courage to have another go. Yeah, <laughs> so it's five year gap in between there, and. Uh, the, sec- the second one was, was very different, I, you know, we were a little bit old, both of us were a little bit older than wise, and we'd, we'd been through a challenging baby and um, had a beautiful five-year-old. Um, and I think we wanted to prepare ourselves a little bit differently. Um, our first child was born in Melbourne, in, uh, just through the public hospital system, but in a, in a midwife-based program, um, which, was, which was good, um, and then we then we planned to go through the birth center in in Canberra. But by that stage, we I, I was had great, well I'm graduated, was practicing, was already working in this area. So we were able to do a bit more preparation, and we're a little bit more well, a lot more prepared for the second one. And the other the other the other thing we did differently was we had a we decided to have a doula for the second uh, birth. Um, more for my benefit, I think, than for my wife's. Um, just knowing how, how I'd struggled emotionally with the first one, um, that little bit of a buffer between um, the hospital and ourselves and uh, someone to help hold the space and to protect the space was was, was really important. And so that, that was the main, the main thing we did differently was to have a doula. But also, you know, we went, went in with, with the, ex- the experience of the, of the first one and uh, hoping that that experience and, and some of the you know, some of the steps we took um, would would help us have a different a different outcome, which which it did thankfully.
0: Yeah, and did you connect with your doula straight away, or did you interview a few people?
1: Uh, I don't remember to be honest, Ali. I think. Um, I'm not sure, I can't, I can't remember, but yeah, she, she, was, she was good, we did, we did connect pretty well, um, and we had some meet, meetings in the lead up, her and I, and we talk, talked about some of the, the challenges and how it affected, uh, affected me, and, and what I could do uh, differently to have a better, a better ex- not just have a better experience, but to be a better support to my wife as she was uh, birthing the child. So that was all very valuable in the lead up.
0: That's very important what you just said, too, and it's really good for partners, dads to hear because a lot of families might feel that the doula is taking away that. But if anything, the dual is, yeah, like you said, mainly there for the partner. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, be, <laughs> I just keep thinking, you know, because we can be there, it doesn't necessarily mean we should be there. Yeah, or want uh, to. All want to, and if we are going to be there, then then we we need to remember why we're there. It's not there for you know our you know our benefit. It's not there for my personal growth. It's there to support you know your partner as she births your baby. So I think that's an important important differentiation to make. So dual is there to support. To support the, you know, the the bloke often, um, and that that hopefully helps the bloke to support his wife, his, his partner better, so she can have a, a better crack at it.
0: So, how did the labour go? And walk us through that experience.
1: Well, it was, it was uh, it's, <laughs> she came early. She so the second child has always been very prompt and keen. Um, and continues to be to this day. She's she's really into everything, into life. So she decided she'd come uh, a month early, and which caught us a bit off guard. And then she st- she decided to come very quickly as well. So she, I, I I don't know how accurate this is, but I feel as though she was nearly born in the car. I feel like we only lived in and we only needed to get to Worden. um I feel as though she was nearly born in the car, and then nearly on the footpath nearly outside the, the doors of the hospital. Wow. And there I am banging banging on the doors of the of the birth centre or the, the hospital. Let us in, you know <laughs> She's labouring out the front of the <laughs> and um, eventually someone let us in a janitor, I think, and then, you know, up we were nearly born in the in the elevator and then pretty much she she got on the bed and baby came just sort of flopped out.
0: <laughs>
1: wow. So it was quite it was quite uh, different and challenging in other ways.
0: Yeah. Um, and how was that for you, you both, both of you guys? Um, were you in a bit of shock after for a while or? <laughs> um, I'm,
1: not, I'm not sure we had time to be in shock. It was sort of straight into into parenting straight away and um, it was, yeah, it was certainly, it, it, reflecting on it now is quite quite humorous, but it was yeah, it was a bit freaky at the time and I <laughs> just have this memory banging on the door of the hospital and yelling into the intercom <laughs> to let us in you know we're at the birth center why on earth are we standing outside with the doors closed
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, All worked out okay
0: yeah so and so did your daughter manage to arrive? No I don't think she made it
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you. Wow, and,
0: it, and, and so and that's I'm a good
1: just... theme. The midwife was the midwife there the first time. Oh, I forget. I don't think she made it either. Oh, it was the third time. Yeah. Anyway, that's right. The second this time, the midwife, neither the midwife or the doula were there. <laughs> <laughs> it was all yeah. She came out in a wow. in a hurry, and it's quite it's quite funny actually. We've we've often sort of joked. Yeah, you know, she came out like a rocket because you know she can't kind of seem to come out that fast. And uh, our third child. It um, tells the story of how Maddie was born, <laughs> coming out like a, in a rocket ship.
0: Yeah. So that's,
1: sort of, that's grown leaves of its own, that story. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I guess by number three, you came to the realisation that you might have babies early.
1: Uh, yeah and and, uh, ironically he was born pretty much on time so (laughs) he he went as long as he was the longest of all of them he was born pretty close to his due date and and, uh, the the midwife was actually there for that one and and we opted not to have a door for the third the third one I I felt I just felt like I didn't I didn't need it I was you know had been practicing a while I kind of it was under control and that, that was certainly born out in, in that experience so we didn't use Abdullah for the third one um and and his birth was was uh pretty pretty textbook really and uh, my wife just you know birthed him beautifully um I'm just trying, trying to try and think it was just you know we had, we'd had two girls so to have a boy um look you know we didn't find out for any of them I kind of not many surprises left in in life, and that's one of one of the nice ones. So we didn't find out what we were having. Um, so it was pretty special to have a, have a have a boy for number three.
0: And just could you describe with us how it felt by number three um, as a father and in your practice too, in the work that you're doing, mm. how. Did you have time to reflect or upon that journey from, say, number one and how you were and you're still studying to where you are now? Um, and how was it with when your boy came out? And you know you've been through it twice before and um, all both interesting experiences. Um, how how did that feel for number three?
1: Oh, I just it it. it uh it felt as it felt as special and as amazing as the other two I think it sort of number three wasn't wasn't in any way diminished um, I you know it's you, you know more what to expect um, but still you know seeing your, seeing your baby birth and I think the difference with with him was because the first one was a struggle the second one kind of just uh, came so quickly his was a much more kind of controlled <laughs> birth, a better way of putting it. And, and, uh, I, I him when he came out. So that was pretty, pretty amazing. And then to just have that early skin on skin contact with, with a brand new, uh, a brand new person, that's that, 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 that never even, even the kind of the memory of that or the thought of that for my patients never diminishes just, just how emotional and how, how, uh, beautiful how vulnerable a moment that is when you've got you know this brand new baby and and the brand new parent even if it's number three or more you know it's still that that incredible uh juncture of of, of parent and child and skin on skin uh look you know it's as i said when, when i when i reflect on that i always almost always get a tear to my eye and i, and then I look at my children now they're all getting so big. Um, you know what that's like as the children grow up and kind of get further away from them being babies and um, it's it's nice to reflect back on back on that experience but yeah no, number of children nor time has diminished um, how, how special that is and I can I can recall quite vividly those those moments
0: And did you? during the time, say, number two and number three, when you were practicing, did your wife become a a test case for acupressure and acupuncture for you?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes, a little bit, although we'd we'd normally start our um, pre-birth acupuncture uh, a month out from due date, so the second one, she just came out, didn't need any (laughs) pre-birth, she just decided she'd turn up. Um, We did do a little bit of pre-birth preparation with number three, and I think that and certainly, we did acup- acupressure for the second and the third one. Well, we did for the first one as well, just more clumsily. <laughs> um, but those things made a, I think, made made a big difference. Yeah. And you know, from a, from a kind of a practical perspective as a clinician, I've used those experiences and and the collective experience of of many patients now over the last ten years or so um, to kind of to, to be able to go right. These these are the things that. Particularly for the birth support person, um, you know these are the things you ought to know that are going to help you help help turn you from a, a kind of a, a potentially useless support um, to someone who's actually going to be able to be, be there and be present and uh, and and be a good support for the for your partner who's who's birthing your baby.
0: Do you know what? I've just figured out why probably in my experience that I really connected with you straight away and primarily because you started telling me parts of your stories with the posterior and, you know, because I went through that for my first birth. But I've just figured out that you're resonating that feeling and that feeling is coming into women. And how beautiful is this that you get to be a part of so many women that are just about to go into labour or maybe stalled labour or whatnot. You, you, You get to sort of feel... That feeling of your experience and share that with other women to help them, um, you know, go forth into their birth journey, which is wonderful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a uh, the, the privilege of that is is not lost on me. Every every day, I'm thankful and grateful for that opportunity to to serve to serve women in that way. You know, I, uh, <laughs> you know, particularly girls who come in and are about to have their first baby and they're anxious about it and they're worried about it and you know you can read all the books and watch all the DVDs and talk to all the people but until you until you physically do it until you go through it you just don't know really what to expect um, but I think that if we can connect and, and, and this has become a theme over the over the last couple of years particularly but it's something I've always kind of held to if if as practitioners if we can share our own uh, vulnerability. Now, that, that that can sound a little bit negative. Certainly, to blokes who be listening, that would sound a bit negative. I think we, we we as men don't often get that. Our our strength lies in our ability to be open and honest and, and vulnerable. And I think that it's a funny, it's a bit of a funny thing as a practitioner. But when you're dealing with, if you're working with fertility and, and then pregnancy and then and then preparation for childbirth and then childbirth itself, then I, I i do believe that it's very 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 valuable to share those those personal and those collective experiences to try and encourage that woman to ha- and her partner to to have a good experience as good an experience as possible it doesn't mean that they get what exactly what they want you know in terms of the plan but you know even even a challenging birth can ultimately be a positive birth experience and i think that's that's kind of the what I hope that I I bring I bring to the table in terms of experience and uh, and
0: uh, yeah yeah well you do well in my experience you do because another thing too it was I had to clear that anxiety and know that this wasn't my first birth this was my next birth and I had to sort of drift away from that attachment and mm. um you know that helped and that resonating energy that you brought into it helped too because you can't just have a healer that's gonna not give you empathy or compassion so to bring that into it is really empowering in itself as well which I'd love to sort of hear more about your work where we can start talking about what you do particularly and um, focus around on women's health if you'd like to sort of talk about that that'd be great
1: yeah sure just to sort of finish that thought in terms of of uh, birth birthing and um, birth experience. So I kinda I, I one of the things I, I kind of wish as a as a partner, as a father, that I had a better recollection of those early you know, those early moments or or even those pregnant you know, pregnant moments when you, particularly with your first one and and as a as a bloke, you know, you get sort of caught up in it and I, I wish I had a better recollection that I'd spent more time being present early on. Um that's sort of something that would be nice to kind of uh, to, 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 to encourage people just to – because I, I see I see in the practice a lot, of, a lot of women and their partner sort of rushing through the pregnancy, trying to get through it as quickly as possible, and then trying to wish the, uh, the labour away as well in a sense. And one of the things that I have noticed over the years is that, particularly for the woman but also for the partner, is that um, – ch- Pregnancy and, and childbirth um, is such an incredible opportunity for for transformation, <laughs> personal transformation, and and even even people who have many many, many children, I'm still we're still only talking about a handful or less times in your life that you're going to go through this. So it's a really because and, and and I kind of see a lot of there's so much negativity about childbirth and fear around birthing and hospitals and obstetricians do don't, don't always help in that um what we don't often see it as is, is this incredible opportunity to experience true power you know power and strength of the human body and will and mind to do something incredible incredibly beautiful And you know that kind of gets that gets me all the time. So I guess you know anyone who's listening who who uh, is, is thinking about having a baby or is pregnant or getting close then, I would encourage you to, you know, kind of see it for what it is. It's just it's such an incredible opportunity for for transformation and, and, and growth. Um, that, you know, it's an opportunity worth not, you know, <laughs> worth looking at and, and not missing by, by mistake, which I think it often is.
0: Yeah, that's so beautifully said. We get s- tend to get caught up in the, and I don't know with my first experience, get caught up in the processes of baby and having a baby. Um, And you just don't gauge that time for reflection about what this is, what this means, and you're exactly right. That's just very well said. So did you want to talk about what you do and maybe a bit of a day-to-day of um, what life would be like at the Perry Centre? <laughs> it's
1: a good question, Ali. Mean, uh, life's full and varied at the Perry Centre.
0: <laughs> I, um, do, I do remember I asked you actually when I was in the consult um, yeah. if you've had any babies born there and I think you said <laughs> no, but close.
1: Yeah, the answer is still no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, We're not really geared up for having babies here, but we could, I certainly could do it, but... Um, we've certainly – I've had uh, a number of women have waters break on the table here at the clinic. Um, we've had many women who are in pre-labour and some that are in full-on labour. But uh, so far we've been good at getting them uh, to hospital <laughs> on time on or everything yeah. they have the baby. Um, <laughs> Now, you, but, you, work, you work
0: fertility onwards, don't you? So it doesn't just stop after you've had the baby.
1: Absolutely. I kind of um, – I look at it as, a, as as a life cycle. I think that it's a it's a bit. Of, I, I think it's a mistake personally to think, okay, you, you, you know, let's help you get pregnant and then leave you alone. I think, you know, in, in my experience of fertility and, and pregnancy treatment, there's a there's a big difference between being pregnant and having a baby. Um, so for me, it's it's super important to kind of see this as a as a, con, as a continuum. Um, and not and not every patient shares that. they're quite happy to fall pregnant and go and do their own thing. Um, I think it's a mistake. I think it's uh, I think we should see it as a life cycle. So generally what we would we would do and we get we get uh, women and their partners at different at different points, but often we'll start with fertility. So a couple, a couple maybe maybe um, thinking about preconception and it's 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 rare although it's becoming more, uh, more common where where a couple will come actually seeing, seeking preconception care um, because they've read something or they've, or they've, they've met somebody or, or, or something. It's usually triggered them to do that, and that's uh, that's a that's a great starting point. But more often we're seeing seeing couples who've been trying for a while and it's not it's not working. Um, so we sort of help them from a fertility perspective, and and there are sort of two main. Groups of, of patients there, you know, patients who are um, trying naturally um, and and need some assistance to do so, and then there's another group of patients who are uh, have some known issues, or perhaps they don't have any known issues but are going through some form of um, you know medical medical fertility treatment, whether it's IVF or or something lesser, and we work with with all, all of those groups of patients to try and deliver them an outcome. Um, so fertility is really a nice place to start, and I sort of see that as our as our pre season in a sense. Before we before we start if you're trying to fall pregnant, you want to make sure that your body and your partner's body, for that matter, are you know as as uh, ready as they can be, as prepared as they can be. I think a lot of a lot of people, in fact, I'd say almost ninety nine. I'm making these numbers up now, Ali, but ninety nine point nine recurring percent of of people will just start trying to fall pregnant just because they can. And it's one of the few things that we will do in life without any preparation whatsoever. So, you know, if I'm going to – I don't, but if I was to play football on the weekend, I'm probably going to uh, do some training to start with. If I'm going to give a, a presentation or a talk, I'm going to do some research and write my my notes and probably even practice. If I'm going to play music uh, publicly, I'm going to make sure that I can – I can play it privately first. Uh, there's a whole range of things in life that we do with 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 plenty of preparation, but for some reason, because we we can just have uh, we can just have sex, then you know we we jump straight in and hope for the best. And obviously, it, it does work uh, a good uh, percentage of the time, but the but for a lot of couples, that 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 lack of preparation is. Uh, Has a big impact on their ability to fall pregnant or hold a pregnancy. So we really do talk a lot about preconception. I see that as a really important part of our of our treatment process. And one of the things that that I think is a bit different about my approach is I'm you know I kind of think about what what are the most what, what are the tools that I have in my kit bag that are most effective, and, and in what order? And I think for me, it's always been communication as the as the first one. So, you know, if, if we can communicate effectively, if we can build a rapport, if, if we can um, speak open, you know, be comfortable and confident enough to speak openly, then we're going to get to the heart of heart of issues much more quickly, and that and that's going to then roll into a, a a treatment that is is targeted. So I think that, that that communication is is the most important starting point, um, and then we can we can build from there. And I think that uh, you know particularly with uh, you know patients I see who are doing IVF, for example, uh, very often they're completely in the dark about what medication they're taking and why, what it does. It's very much oh we're going to do this to you, and you're just going to be along for the ride. And I think that that's that's emotionally. Setting them up for uh, anxiety and things. I think we need to communicate a lot better, whether it's me or an obstetrician or a gynecologist or an IVF clinic or anyone else for that matter. We need to communicate first and then treat second. Um, so that's kind of a principle that I try and uh, deploy all the time. Um, it doesn't mean I'm always good at it, but that's certainly always my my, my starting point. Communicate first. Um, give ourselves the best chance of, of having a good setup. And then we can allow the, you know, kind of the, the treatment tools, if you like, to, to do the work of treatment. Um, but it makes it a lot easier if if the patient understands why you know, why why we're doing that in the first place, how we measure it, and what our outcomes are likely to be. So that's that's sort of how I I start from a uh, fertility perspective. Does that sort of make sense?
0: Yeah, definitely. I was just thinking then too you know, with the sort of decline in women's health, um, especially, you know, adrenal problems, it's Mm. you're you're exactly right. It's not, you know, we spend, our I suppose, our teens and our 20s trying not to get pregnant um, and then our middle life is (laughs) trying to get pregnant. And if we don't prepare our bodies and especially, like you said, nutrition and look at it holistically.
1: Absolutely. And I I think I, I worry that we've become too reliant on, on on um, on medicines, on pills, on implants, and all, on various things, and we've become less in. You know, when I say we, I mean. <laughs> this will sound weird. I mean, women. <laughs> this is often yeah. funny. I have to say, I have to say to the patient right very early on, and um, and if you've been a, if you're a woman and you've been a patient of mine, or if you're going to be, I may well have said or say to you at some point. Uh, I apologise in advance. Uh, for being a bloke and telling you what your period should be like, and um, <laughs> I got—I just—I'm very—I'm very aware of that and and mindful of it. Um, well, That's
0: but, good. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> but I, but I think we 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 have become too reliant on you know medication to to solve all our problems, and very rarely, not, not its not always the case, but rarely in my experience, do we do we look for the the reason the problems there in the first place. Oh, you've got high blood pressure. We'll take this pill. Well, why the, Why is the blood pressure high? Oh, we don't. They, we didn't spend any time trying to work it out. You know, uh, you're not having a baby haven't, you haven't you know, been trying for 12 months and you haven't had a baby yet. Well, there must be something wrong. Let's go and do IVF. And it's become that that simple in lots of ways. And I think it's it, it may seem like a shortcut to go to IVF. It's really a shortcut. Sometimes it seems that way. But I think that what we what we are doing, and this is true of men as well, um, we're losing. I think we're losing touch with you know what our bodies are telling us, um, and we're, we're kind of looking for a quick a quick fix so that I can get back to work or um get back on the sporting field or, or whatever it is I want I don't want to look too closely for fear that I might need to do some work <laughs> to improve yeah. the situation yeah. and that and, and for some some patients that's quite that's a hurdle in itself when when we talk about time frames and you know the work that you're going to need to do in order to improve your health a point where, yeah, maybe, maybe, and it's only ever a maybe. Maybe you're going to have you know, fall pregnant on your own, or maybe we're going to improve the rate of success with IVF or whatever. So it's, that's, that's a, I think, these are modern-day modern challenges, um, but they're, you know, challenges that I'm up for certainly. But uh, it, it certainly can create some anxiety in, in the patient when when we talk about stress and, and how much we're working and, and you know balancing lifestyle and, and what kind of medications we're taking and uh, there's a lot of fear around coming off medication um, and sometimes it's appropriate sometimes it's not but it's a great collective anxiety about the things we're on and the things we uh, things that we shouldn't <laughs> we shouldn't be on by way of self medication as well but these are all things we kind of deal with patient by patient when we're, when we're looking at not just fertility but you know, women's health in general, whether it's period pain or menopause, or um, you know, no period or PMS, or whether it's you know issues with blokes. Equally, we're all kind of in the same modern boat. Unfortunately, we like a, we do prefer a quick fix, uh, and sometimes a, a, a longer term solution is not <laughs> not as attractive as taking a pill today.
0: Well, yeah, and it's just exactly right. We've just been so conditioned that pain uh, instantly fixed and we are. We're in such a quick fix society
1: absolutely and i think there's a i mean it's, if we can fix pain quickly we ought to but i think there's a difference between um you know kind of hiding it under the carpet or burying it under a pile of medication and actually determining why it's there in the first place and it's it's, it's important to say too you Ellie, that just because we can determine why it's there in the first place doesn't mean we're going to be able to fix it okay so it's got to be careful that it doesn't sound like it's a you know, it's going to you know doing it this way is going to give you the solution every time. The Reality is, it's not. But I think on the whole, it's 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 good to look a little bit harder in terms of trying to find find reasons why things are happening. And I, look, I, I in my experience, there is always a reason. Um, we just got to find it. And that's the that's I guess that's the beauty of the Chinese medicine approach is that it. Not not in and of itself, but what it does do is just gives a different a different perspective or a different angle to look at something. And I often say, you know, it's a bit like if I if I was shining a torch, and I and and I only I only ever shine on the on the front of an object, I've got no idea what's around the other side. And if I presume that or everything everything I can see was all there was, then. You know, there's a, there's a whole range of options I'm never going to look at. Whereas taking a different approach allows me to walk behind the object and shine shine a different torch from a different angle, and perhaps open up some new possibilities for treatment or you know life change that we hadn't hadn't even thought about because we'd never we'd never bothered to look.
0: That's really cool. It's like going into the deep darkness and finding the light.
1: <laughs> exactly right. And it's like it reminds me of you know dark side of the moon. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean there's only half a moon. You know, it's kind of the other side. Is there?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. We need that balance—the lightness and darkness, just illuminate the ebb and yeah. flow. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Great. And so, just uh, briefly, what do you recommend um, pre-conception? So, say you've got someone wanting to start a family. Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of time frame would you recommend people to get themselves in in tune? Yeah, look. Ideally, I
1: would spend three three months or three cycles doing that. So it's not a lot. It's actually not a lot of time. You can you'd be amazed how quickly you can change even the, the stubbornness of conditions in in three months. Um, but certainly preparation, and the reason for that is you know you kind of particularly fertility you're limited to the length of your partner's cycle. So if she's got a monthly cycle, well, you know you can make change over a month, but then you've got to wait for the end of that month to see what 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 effect the change had. So we'll often say, yeah, look, let's let's spend three cycles. The first cycle, we want to see some change. The second cycle, we want to see us build on that change. And the third cycle, we can start to see some new patterns emerging. So I think that if you're serious about preconception or getting yourself as right as you can be, 12 weeks is a really, really good amount of time. We can do it in less, but... 12 seems to be the sweet spot. I think any longer than that's, you know, it's just too long. Any shorter than that, you're probably selling yourself a little bit short. Um, it doesn't mean you can't fall pregnant, but, you know, we're just trying to make it – we're trying to smooth the road as uh, as much as we can. Ali, the, the, the kind of the analogy I've been using a lot recently is um, I want to – imagine I want to walk through the jungle or through, through a forest um, and I'm going to bring my car with me. It makes much more sense to build the road before I start trying to push my car through the forest. So, same with having a baby—you could just turn up and 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 try and, and make a start, but that you know you might find yourself getting bogged. You're much better off to clear the way first and then start to make make some progress down that road.
0: Men always use car analogies.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: My partner does it all the time and it's always car-related. <laughs>
1: car or football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs>
0: oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Look, how how would you feel about – I know you've just spoken so many wonderful words of wisdom during this episode and I really appreciate you, you. sharing this with the listeners especially. Um how would you feel about just wrapping it up with some words of wisdom for the dads to be?
1: Yeah, sure. Dads to be, look, I think um if you're if you're a bloke and you're about to become a father for the first, second or maybe third, or more times, I I would encourage you to to in in invest in your partner and 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 see be be not just mindful, but be present for her um to be to be aware that this experience isn't about you it's actually about and in fact it's not even about uh, the woman it's really about the baby when you think about it um, you as the bloke are there to serve your partner and your your baby that it's about to be born and if you put it if you put yourself in that context then you're going to be there as a as a as a, as a faithful servant to your partner, and you'll you know you'll you'll be there, and you'll do you'll do a great job. And the the, the benefit or the side effect of that is that you'll have a, you'll have a, a transformative experience as well. Don't go into it, you know, because you, you have to, or because you have been told to, or even because you want to go into it with a servant's heart, and then I think you'll you'll come out, all of you, with a, a very positive experience. I think that's probably the best advice. And uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy that moment, Ali. When that baby pops out, yeah, it's a bit mucky, but you know what? It's you don't get those opportunities every day, and you know you're meeting you're meeting not just a new person, but you know a new mem- brand new member of your family for the first time. And yeah, that doesn't get, doesn't get much better than that as a uh, as a couple.
0: Beautifully said. And from a Chinese doctor perspective, what would you generally recommend for the listeners that are nowhere near you, um, yep. in terms of acupuncture, acupressure during pregnancy and late for labour?
1: Yeah, look, I think particularly from from a, a labour perspective, um, I, I would encourage you to if you're if you're not can't get to us or um, uh, then, then you want to find yourself a, a Chinese medicine practitioner who. Is familiar with and experienced with uh, uh, working with pregnancy, particularly late pregnancy, and we always start our birth preparation from 37 weeks once the, the baby is considered full-term. Um, and, and, and 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 failing that, if you could learn some, some basic acupressure in labor. Um, techniques and that's a good thing and there's, there's quite a bit of that on the internet these days it's also possible alley um, for those, those people who are off site um, we do a consult via Skype and we can help to find you a practitioner in your local area um, and we can work with them if they're not experienced uh, with pregnancy to help get them up to speed so they can help you um, we also do some acupressure in labour which we affectionately call blokes at birth Um, just to to, to help our blokes locally as well. So plenty of options, but I would certainly encourage you to to seek out some acupuncture. Um, I think it is a very, very effective and uh, and valuable tool as you get closer to going into labour.
0: Yes. And so people can connect with you via Skype and you do offer consults.
1: Absolutely. We've got patients all over the world who are... who connect with us via Skype, so that's uh, that's
0: no problem at all. Great. Right. So how can people connect with you?
1: Probably the easiest way is to, to email me first. Um, you can email me directly at uh dr Alex perry at gmail.com um, and then we can we can talk more about setting up a time and how that would work.
0: Yep. And your website?
1: Uh, yes, the two clinic website is theperrycenter.com.au. But you can also see our blog at dralexperry.com. Um, lots of information there to, to have a look at.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time to coming on the show and look forward to hearing uh, perhaps some more from you at some point in the future.
1: it my pleasure, Ali. Thank you so much for having me on and uh, uh, all the best to your listeners.
0: Did you connect with this episode? Then head over to our website, circleofbirth.com. There you'll find show notes, pictures, resources and potentially connect with today's storyteller. Don't forget to sign up to be updated with new empowering episodes and content. Help the show grow by contributing a tip in the jar to make sure we can continue to better the podcast and connect more and more to the wisdom and birth and each other. Hey, and don't forget the iTunes rating. This has been another episode of the Birth Share Project. We breathe, we birth, we empower.